Hello and welcome. You're listening to 13, a podcast about being and creating. This is a podcast that acknowledges the mundane and celebrates the everyday. Here, we interact, read, and share our experiences with an intent to be and to create. Your hosts for today are Prasanna and myself Shantesh. So let's get started. To live by the four noble truths and lead the eightfold path laid by the Buddha, the Buddhist monks lead a very simple life. The monks are called bhikkhu, someone who lives on a bhiksha or the arms provided by the people. A bhikkhu is allowed to own only eight things in his possessions. They are the three sets of robes or garments that he wraps around, one belt, a razor to shave his head and beard, a needle and a thread to sew minor damages to his clothing. a begging bowl to collect the arms and a water strainer to filter the water before drinking he starts his day at around 4 am he meditates for a couple of hours in the morning then he cleans his premise the space where he sleeps the toilet and the wash area the surrounding areas usually around his little cottage then he waters the plants washes his clothes and then takes a bath and cleans himself he then heads to pray before heading out for bhiksha He only goes to five households to seek the arms. He then comes back and meditates for some more time or read Buddha's teachings or Buddhist scriptures. He allows himself to have only one meal a day and that is before noon. Whatever he has in his begging bowl from the morning excursion, he opens that and eats it slowly and mindfully. He can have water and some tea through the day though. All of this is done to make the life and its struggles simple so as to bring focus on life and its purpose there's a slowness and simplicity to a monk's life it gives the monk a pause a glimpse into himself and to observe his life one step at a time being fully present and with great attention the rest of the day he utilizes himself in cleaning and maintaining the monastery meditating taking strolls into reading and just observing life as is he is generally quiet and observant about his inner self basically a monk lives a pretty active day both physically and mentally what astonishes me in this is that they only have one meal in a day this one meal they consume constitutes maybe about 600 to 800 calories how is that even sufficient Now we are not professing here that one has to live like a monk or to consume just one meal. The monk can do so after a daily practice and it's their lifestyle. That lifestyle might not be healthy for us as we are not in that practice. But what I'm trying to highlight here is that the energy that the monks generate from the minimal consumption is much more efficiently used by his body and his mind. Now before we open the dialogue I want to set the tone for this conversation let's not look at this in any mystical manner but also let's be open to break from the conventional logic and inquire this topic by trying and observing it experientially so what do you think about it uh, prasanna 
so if we look at the monk's life we also need to look at the other aspect of it which is the monkey mind now for monkey mind it's applicable for us is what we think but then studies have shown that especially during the medieval period around 1200 1400 years ago when the monks used to do their daily rituals in the monastery they used to have the problem of monkey mind so a monk who is sitting from say morning he used to watch at the window look at things around him look for the timing and as there was no watch or a clock in his hand he used to look at the sun the position of sun based on which he could understand whether it is the end of day so that he can go back and take some rest or do something else other than his prayers and uh, the daily meditation thing so those were the thoughts which used to come even in a monk and even when they were asked to do some reading uh, some scriptures or some scripts to be read while reading it was very difficult for them to bring back their focus on that reading so mind used to wonder see things which are the basic requirements as the maslow pyramid says whether it is uh, uh, food uh, security or sex these are the topics which will keep coming even in a monk's mind and that's where the renunciation of things comes into picture so when they are staying away from most of the things which we are into that definitely helps them and that same renunciation if you see when it comes to food as you discussed is a very important thing because our body is like a uh, there is no stoppage so we keep on consuming things whether it is materialistic things or emotional things or mental thoughts we keep on consuming and unless and until we have some structure around it we have some uh limitations and constraints to it it will not support our thought process it will not help to be mindful i think the word renunciation is quite provoking as looking for the subsequent word for it in indian languages and the hindi word for it is tyag which is to let go of the possessions and the worldly pleasures in this context that the monk looks for and simultaneously i'm thinking how can one renunciate well i'm actually thinking how can i let go of these things and it comes from the space of resisting these things actually and when there is resistance and immediate reactionary responses no i can't let go of all these worldly matters these are very important for me but the moment i think from this uh, about this from the context of a monk i guess the monk is not in the process of resisting these things but rather focusing on this moment the life as is without any meanings or biases or even emotions attached and that brings a sort of an emptiness within uh, this emptiness is not to be confused with hollowness this emptiness is achieved not from a space of resistance is what i mean absolutely so as you rightly mentioned shantish taking out that resistance is important because what happens when it comes to resistance is when i start taking it as an idea like renunciation as an idea that i want to say uh, do as much as possible to stay away from the so called worldly pleasures whether it is a fancy car or going to a fancy location or whatever it is and there is nothing right and wrong about it but then that is something which i choose to say stay distant from and not get affected by or it i should not uh, drive me uh, so 
the moment i bring resistance there as you rightly said what happens with resistance is when i am resisting a car which is coming towards me i try to push that car and when i have to push something it has to be there in existence if that thing is not there then i don't have anything to push so i make sure that in my resistance i keep that thing in front of me so all the thoughts which i am resisting i am on the other side making sure that those thoughts are there in the first place for me to resist so it's a very funny vicious circle kind of a game where i actually don't want those thoughts and that's why i'm resisting or pushing them but to push something that thing should be there if i want to push a table the table should be there in the first place and that's where those thoughts keep on being there and bothering me and that cycle doesn't stop so that resistance actually causes persistence in our life and i'm sure initially for a monk this sort of resistance must have come as well i'm saying it because i'm recollecting an interview of a young monk that i watched on youtube uh, that during his initial days after being inducted as a monk in the monastery it was so difficult for him and how with daily practice and just observing the life processes both in his physical and his mental and emotional space there is a certain degree of calmness that has come to his life and that i am able to also connect with what we write on 13 about slowness and in this slowness we try to bring clo- a closer observation into our own life in this slowness i find that there is no resistance if i share my personal experience from the lockdown period initially i thought wow this is a wonderful opportunity to be to not be in the office and that i can be in my own space in the way i want to be and take breaks through the day to do a bit of reading and many things and still manage the work but soon after the first phase you know uh, the honeymoon period of about 10 days or maybe a couple of weeks i started sensing a bit of jitteriness inside and i can distinctly remember that around early to mid april was becoming a bit of a challenge and soon when i caught myself with that jittery feeling i thought let me try spending at least a couple of hours in the morning a bit mindfully and so i thought i should wake up each morning at 5:20 am and 5:20 had no real logic to it other than that i get an opportunity to snooze and lay in the bed for another 10 minutes and be up by 5:30 but surprisingly over the next week or so i was able to get up without any sort of resistance and and i do that even today i get up drink a glass of lukewarm water play some mild music meditate for some time write in my journal read and basically be in that space for a couple of hours you know that allows me to actually take my entire day in quite a positive manner uh, positive in this context i'm not saying optimistically or in an affirmative manner alone but with great calmness and with uh, balance and compose in the way i'm conducting myself through the day and in the way i'm being around with other people in my life especially the close ones around you know and this time unlike my past attempts to wake up early which came from a space of resisting sleep has stayed and now i find it as an integral and an important part of my daily routine
there is a degree of slowness to my day and i think this degree of slowness a monk probably is experiencing not only throughout his day but maybe is meant to experience throughout his life uh with with that practice they must be trying to maintain that slowness yeah but santesh i think the story which you shared is really powerful because many of us have gone through this period especially because of the lockdown and other things and even otherwise also in life because of the different challenges the stress the kind of things which we have to face we all go through these things but the way you took it as an opportunity to alter your lifestyle to bring in some things and also to give up some things i think that is an excellent example what i have been trying recently is because as you say that we all are working from home so i have a call with one of my team member every morning and i have made it a practice now to wait for the first five rings initially the monkey mind used to jump on the phone on the very first moment if there is a buzz on the phone immediately i used to jump on it whether it is because of a call or a notification or anything now i purposely intentionally wait for the first firings to happen in the beginning it was difficult because to wait for firings was not easy for me there were certain things which were happening in our life in our work which were coming to my mind i was eager to know what is the status of the latest thing which has happened or is there any new escalation which is happening so there are hundreds of things which were going through my mind slowly slowly i realized that i could focus on my breathing during during each of the ring at least for first two three rings and then again the distraction used to happen but now in the recent few days i have practiced it to a level where i can bring a lot of calmness a lot of uh, focus on myself so i am very composed when i start my day with that call because that call is the first call work related call of my day so it gives me a immense opportunity to start my day with calm and composed way and i think uh, these kind of practices when the monks do for a long duration it similarly like a person who is going to gym for body building when they keep on working for many years they start building the physical muscles same way when it comes to emotional and mental muscles i am sure uh, a regular practice helps the monks and that's why we are surprised when uh, they don't get angry or they are not reacting the same way we react they have other ways and they have a choice point at any given point of time they have a choice point to do things now that's that choice point is again a part of practice and that's choice point is a point where we can decide whether we have to run behind the monkey mind or we can take the stance of a monk and be quiet absolutely because reaction i think comes from an outside world and a response comes from within by observing internally you see the outside world is beyond our control in a way that i cannot even say or impose that others around me have to think in this way be it even the person closest to me in my life uh, that i guess would be irrational however small things like this should have been done in this manner or why is he not understanding this simple thing or why can't she think like i do are the things that bother us usually now to realize and recognize that the way the other person is doing those things is his or her individual choice 
and that too is absolutely fine and what is in my control is actually my mind how i choose to look at those same things how i choose to perceive the world around is within my control when i base myself or position myself based on the external factors there is a sort of resistance and also a reaction comes from that same space whereas when i see for myself observing internally then there is a response rather than reaction and an acceptance rather than resistance this leads to a few questions that are coming to my mind right now how does a worldly person like us experience observe and distinguish that this jitteriness is coming from expectations based on factors from beyond our control especially considering living in this digital age with distractions from the social media the pandemic the lockdowns and many things that are brought upon us and through all of this how can we conduct ourselves internally in the manner of our own choice simply by pondering on this thought by getting a realization that external factors are not within our control but our mind can be can that thought make a difference to us to the way we live with that we complete our today's episode thank you for listening for more such podcasts and daily blogs subscribe us on creating13.com that is creating13.com for 6 days a week we write blogs on such topics with an intent to promote everyday writing these blogs are inspired by our own writings a morning ritual that we religiously follow we hope that these texts will provide some fodder for thought for an inner inquiry we believe that writing each day allows one to observe life as is and it brings a genuine clarity from within you can follow us on our twitter or instagram handle creating_13 or on our facebook page creating13 we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we wish to have you with us again next week for listening a new episode on a new topic until then take care